0: Welcome to the Actually Autistic Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Onstad. Today I'm going to talk about the autistic brain. We don't have much data on physiological differences between autistics and allistics, but there was a postmortem study comparing the brains of autistics and allistics. What they found is that autistics have many more synaptic connections than allistics do it was determined that this is because allistics have something called synaptic pruning that autistics do not. This means that allistic brains have a mechanism that removes the connections between old memories that it deems no longer useful. Unfortunately, this mechanism run amok is implicated in Alzheimer's. However, autistics do not prune those memory connections. We hold on to those forever, which may explain a lot about... Why our memories are so vivid? Why many of us have synesthesia? And I'll go into that a little bit more later. On the plus side, the lack of synaptic pruning also suggests that autistics are extremely unlikely to suffer from Alzheimer's. So yay! But of course, that doesn't stop us from getting other types of dementia. But that's one we're less likely to get. Now, I first learned of synaptic pruning from a tweet by the brilliant Constantine Anthony. He made a series of tweets in response to some anti-vax nonsense. I had the opportunity to interview Constantine for the podcast back in 2019. And we go over some of that information there. But it's worth revisiting here. And if you haven't heard that episode, then by all means, give it a listen. He has so much useful information and has led a really interesting life. Here is his brief and fascinating description of what makes autistic brains different. Begin, quote, autism is a naturally occurring genetic phenotype like curly hair or freckles. We're born with it. A vaccine given after birth cannot in any way rewrite a person's DNA. Through a complex interaction of over a dozen genes, some heritable, some de novo, the autistic mind is born. I've scoured the internet, poured over medical research journals, and spent the last 10 years of my life investigating the, quote, causes of autism, unquote. The best theory I've found, and I could be wrong, has been slow dendritic pruning. Like the color and texture of your hair, multiple genes are involved in the makeup of our brain chemistry. When a very specific set of genes gets just the right combination of heritable traits and natural mutations, the speed at which an individual brain prunes dendrites slows. This results in an overabundance of lasting neurological connections that begin at birth, possibly earlier, and continue through an autistic's lifespan. More synaptic connections result in heightened sensitivity, memory, and cognitive function but it also creates lots of static. The social impairment commonly associated with autistics is the result of this, quote, static, unquote. The sheer volume of extra connections in the autistic mind is like a continuous traffic jam of information. It's constant and overwhelming. This phenomenon is observed around the world. Autistics exist in countries with poor vaccine coverage and even in secluded cultures like indigenous tribes and the Amish. This tells us two things. Autism is naturally occurring in all human populations and, more importantly, that vaccines do not cause autism. End quote. So that's the conclusion of Constantine's tweets. I was so excited the first time I read this because it described so clearly my experience of my own brain. The way memories persist in graphic detail with the same emotional charge, regardless of how many years have passed. It also explained to me the terrible inability to memorize that many allistics seem to have, and their apparent inability to make connections between events, even ones that impacted them very strongly emotionally. They simply don't have those synaptic connections because their brain erases them. Now, I understand that trauma does strange and terrible things to our memories that may make it difficult to access them, and I also know that not every autistic is going to experience their lack of synaptic pruning in the same way. However, One of the most interesting side effects of a lack of synaptic pruning is synesthesia. And here I'm going to quote from an article called The Interesting Connection Between Autism and Synesthesia, written by Amber Wu in 2021. Begin quote. What color is your Saturday? Which number has the worst temper? These might sound like strange questions to ask, but if you answered them without thinking, you may be a synesthete. Synesthesia is a perceptual phenomenon in which stimulation of one sensory or cognitive pathway leads to involuntary experiences in a second sensory or cognitive pathway. For people with synesthesia, ordinary sensory events, such as listening to music or reading text, can elicit experiences involving other senses, such as perceiving a taste or seeing a color. At first glance, synesthesia and autism are two completely unrelated things. Synesthesia is a blending of the senses, while autism is characterized by challenges with social skills, repetitive behaviors, speech, and nonverbal communication. However, studies have shown that the prevalence of synesthesia is almost three times higher in people with ASD. 18.9% 18.9%, compared to that of the general population, 7.2%, which suggests some type of connection between the two conditions. Further research has shown that both conditions can be attributed to excessive neuroconnection and activities, end quote. Then, after a lot of technical jargon, Amber goes into a description of her own synesthetic experience. Begin, quote, To answer the two questions at the start of the article, my Saturday is sky blue and number eight has the worst temper. As an autistic female who also has multiple forms of synesthesia, this topic is very intriguing to me. I never thought that they can possibly be related in any way. Numbers and letters all have specific colors to me. I memorize people's names, words, or phone numbers by their colors. Numbers also have age and gender. Some even have their own characters. Music has colors. Months are arranged in space in a very particular way. It might be hard to imagine without experiencing it yourself, but I think it's a great reminder that everyone lives in their own reality. Looking back, I see a lot of overlap between my autism and synesthesia. I was obsessed with memorizing pi, as in, the number pi pi, because of how random and beautiful the colors those numbers make. Occasionally, adjacent numbers may have incompatible characteristics that almost act out as a play in my mind. You see, along with the ability to laser focus on subjects I'm interested in, thanks to autism, I could easily go into my own world and enjoy the show, while to others, I may just be staring at pages full of random numbers. End quote. Now my own experience of synesthesia is different, naturally. I do associate numbers with colors and smells, but it gets extra complicated for me because I have dyscalculia, which is similar to dyslexia, only with numbers instead of letters. I'll go into that and other co-occurring conditions in another episode. However, in spite of the dyscalculia, I went on to learn architectural design and drafting, and I worked for many years in that field. I was also a bookkeeper for over a decade. My synesthetic traits helped me to overcome the dyscalculia by helping me remember a number by its colors. However, my biggest synesthetic experiences come from music. There's always an internal visual response in my brain to any piece of music. My enjoyment of a piece of music is directly related to the images it creates in my mind. For that reason listening to new music is something i have to do when i am not trying to do anything else it's too distracting so when i am working or wanting to socialize i prefer to listen to familiar music because i have seen the images it provokes many times and can't ignore them if i choose now many people who have experienced anesthesia they kind of think everybody's brains work that way to some degree and They don't, like we don't, not everybody's brains do that thing for them. So if it does do that thing for you, uh, try to enjoy it. And uh, maybe it makes it a little easier to understand why some people don't always understand what you're talking about. So uh, now it's time for my comforting words of the day. Yes, it is all in your head, and that's appropriate. Brains matter. The way our brain works should affect the way we perceive things. And the fact that people's brains work differently is a good thing. It means that people can be good at different things. And here is your joke of the day. To be clear, I do not write these. I stole them fair and square from anonymous lists on the Internet. Why don't scientists trust atoms? Because they make up everything. (laughs) And thanks for hanging out with me on this mini-episode of the Actually Autistic Podcast. If you are interested in hearing more of my content and like Shakespeare, then you are in luck. I have two podcasts, one called There Will Be Body and another one called The Twelfth Night Podcast by Rose City Shakespeare. I wrote a book called A Midsummer Night's Dream Illustrated Handbook and Encyclopedia, and I'm also on a role-playing game podcast called Shattered Worlds RPG. I'll be back tomorrow. Thank you for being Actually Autistic.